Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. No one knows what I'm singing. Good morning, afternoon, evening to all of you wonderful ladies, gentlemen, and everyone else listening. This is the Royal Deluxe Podcast. A podcast bringing you breaking news and analysis of the Kansas City Royals every Monday and Friday as part of the Fans First Sports Network. Thanks very much for listening. Um, uh, Let's see. All right. What did the Royals do? They lost two of three. They were pretty close games. There was some decent pitching and Jordan Lyles pitched a complete game loss. So, um, yeah, uh, nothing new happened, so I guess I'm going to go. All right, thanks for listening to Royal Deluxe Podcast, everybody. Tune, tune in and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. Also, make sure to check out the Twitter at Royal Deluxe Pod, and also my own Twitter at at uh, the MF and KC. I remember what it is. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, and send some emails that I will totally read at royaldeluxepodcast at gmail.com. Okay, I guess I could try, you know, talking for a few minutes about what the Royals have actually done. But really, it, it, things have been kind of business as usual in KC. Okay, maybe I shouldn't say business as usual because what the usual would be, I don't know, getting our asses absolutely beat. That's the usual for this season. Um, but I like to think that what's going on with the team right now is the new usual. It's the new normal like sure this team isn't winning games but they're at least making it close basically what i said on the last episode all this talk about how hey you know sure it's not great that the royals are you know still losing because at the end of the day wins and losses are the most important thing to determine how good a baseball team is but i'm i still like to say that it's been two weeks since the Royals have lost by more than two runs. It hasn't been since the Pablo Reyes game in Boston since the Royals have lost by more than two runs. And even that game wasn't even their fault. You'd have to go back to the Phillies series, which was really the game before. That was the last time the Royals deserved to lose by uh, more than a couple of runs. So, yeah, sure, they're uh, not turning these uh, close games into wins like a good team would, but they're going up against... 
legitimate, veritable playoff teams, teams that think th- teams that have a real shot at making it this season. And those guys are coming away from a three game series, a four game series going, OK, um, <laughs> that was a that was supposed to be a bad team. And we almost lost two of three. We almost lost three of three to those guys. It, it almost feels like it, it was a, you know, a, a good thing that the 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 Cubs uh only lost one game to the Royals. I mean, I guess it is a good thing, but still, I we played the Mariners last week, and I was saying like the Mariners got to be catching their breath, even though they won three of four. They are that was not a that was not a dominant series by them. So they're they probably came away from that thinking, okay, Royals got hands all of a sudden, and then they had to go and play the Astros. They actually kind of kicked the crap out of Houston. Okay, maybe that's a bit of an exaggeration, but they swept Houston. The Mariners went into Houston and swept them. <laughs> like, like they had an easier time with the Astros than they did with the Royals. Now, am I saying that the Royals are as good as the Astros right now? I mean, I'd like to see a three-game series against them. That would be kind of fun. But still, it says something when we're going into teams that have actual playoff chances right now still this late into the season. Teams are, you know, th- th- this is the do-or-die time for all these supposed playoff teams it's it's time to go it's time it's time to start winning so they're more serious than ever royals with absolutely nothing to lose at this point are just going in doing their thing and making them fight for it making them earn those wins so sure it's been like i i I wrote it down somewhere uh not in my podcast notes i have another thing going on check out uh if anyone uh browses reddit because uh, there's also uh, there's always just some fantastic stuff getting posted on Reddit. I moderate the Royals board, but also on baseball, the 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 general baseball subreddit. I'm actually joining their power rankings committee at least until the end of the season because of uh, the actual Royals guy. I don't know died or something. So uh, anyway, I wrote I wrote down a thing for uh, the Royals blurb, and yeah, it was like four and 13 in their last 17 since the streak which is terrible like that's a, that's a terrible record but then you look at the the scores of these wins and losses and it's like it's it's really not that bad 4 and 11 which is you know marginally better <laughs> but still yeah it's like yeah winning four of your last 15 is not a good look at all but again the fact that they haven't even lost that many by by that much for like all of these games it's like you know, you can't be too mad at the team. They're definitely they are they are definitely not playing like the 29th team in baseball right now. In fact, there are teams that should be significantly better than them that are playing worse than the Royals right now. Like the freaking Yankees are just awful right now. That's a team I actually think the Royals could beat at this point. I think the, I think the Royals could win a two of three against the Yankees right now. So let's get into roster moves of which there is only one, actually. It's that Taylor Clark has returned from his rehab assignment, been reinstated from the IL or whatever. I forgot what was wrong with him. Shoulder inflammation or something, elbow inflammation, some inflammation. Could have been an IL stint just to say, hey, hey this guy sucks. <laughs> Let's make him not pitch for a while. Uh, kind of like uh, how they did with Brad Keller, seemingly. Se- seemingly. Who who actually knows what happened with Brad Keller? Brad Keller vanished. Um, no strong feelings about this. 
I just hope that he can get it back together because we've seen Brad Ke- not Brad Keller. <laughs> we well, okay, we have seen Brad Keller be good at some point, but he's a he's not part of the future anymore. Taylor Clark, we've seen him be good at some points. If he could put up a, just another decent half a season next season, then we can trade him and then move on with it. I'd, I'd like to hope that's still possible because he's shown he's he's done it before, and I, I don't I don't even understand why he is so bad. Right now, why he's been so bad? I think he did throw a scoreless inning though on a one of, in one of these games. So uh, good for him, nice. But uh, it's just—I mean, we really need anybody we can get our hands on in this bullpen. So you know, any anybody goes. If if I still want to believe in Taylor Clark, um, so if he can pitch decently for the rest of the season, that'd be great. I think we can go into next season saying, "Hey, one more shot with this guy." We've seen him good before. I, I, I think there's something there. Well, we, we just have to see it, though. Uh, he cannot have another stretch like he did this summer, though. And in in place of him, Max Castillo was optioned to Omaha. That's what happens. He pit, he comes up, pitches in KC for a couple of days, throws a few innings, just saves some relief for the bullpen, and then he gets sent down to Omaha once again, and that's about it. At this point, I think he might... Uh, depending on how many more options he has, he probably st- he might still have an option here. So maybe the Royals will keep him going into this winter and going into next season, but never expecting anything much from him, unfortunately. So um, it is what it is. So over the weekend, the Royals went into Chicago. They went into Wrigleyville and played the Chicago Cubs, a three-game series against the Cubs. They won on Friday. They won the first game four to three, then lost the second two four to six on Saturday, and then three to four on Sunday. Really awesome that we got to play in Wrigley. If nothing else, like that's that's always just a fun thing to watch because the atmosphere in Wrigley Field. If the Cubs are just a little tiny bit good, Wrigley has the best ballpark atmosphere in the entire game maybe you could argue Fenway that's the only comparable field the only comparable team it's just such a historic and awesome place it's so deeply ingrained into the city that it it really just hits different I've been to Wrigley I've seen a game there I talked about this last time but the atmosphere there is different like there there are diehard fans in ev- of every team Royals fans have diehard fans. I've been to Yankee Stadium. I've been to the Cardinals Stadium. You know, there are diehard fans of those teams. Those stadiums get packed out day in, day in, day out, night in, night out, you know, full of people who, you know, obviously really care about the team. But it again, it's just different in Wrigley. It's like these people literally just like like the city lives and breathes with the Cubs themselves. You, you're in Wrigley Field and it's like that's just how things are in that place, if that makes any sense. It's it's hard to explain, but if you ever go there, and I recommend everybody goes there, it's it's awesome. It's different. Yeah. Cubs fans are Cubs fans are, are just different. And the only other people that are there are tourists like me, like when I went. And I I am pretty sure that I saw a jersey for every single MLB team. When I went to uh, that Cubs game, there was a jersey for like every single team was represented in the stands because everyone's going to Wrigley for, uh, you know, because, you know, to go see a baseball game because it's cool. It's awesome. So, yeah, I had my powder blue Duffy jersey and uh, I saw everything. I saw everybody and it was it was awesome. So I'm, I'm 
Really, really glad that we got to play in Wrigley. Always such a great time. And we got to win in Wrigley. So that that also feels good. On Friday, Bobby Witt Jr. hit a two-run home run into the basket. Just what he does, that ends up that ended up being the game changer. Cole Reagans was on the mound for the Royals, and he his start was very interesting because at first it wasn't it, at first it was okay, but not like amazing. He threw three scoreless, and then the fourth inning, things really just kind of got away from him. His defense doesn't really do him a whole lot of favors, but still he gives up four straight hits in the inning and only really gets out of it with a with a weird sort of pickoff thing. Um I kind of forgot what specifically happened. If it was like guy was just running off the bases a little too quickly on third um or something. I just remember <laughs> Salvi running across the diamond, which is one of the funniest things that has happened with this team. You know, the, the Cubs for some reason are often involved in really, really weird pickoffs and, and pickles. Like, like this This seems like a weird thing to bring up, but it's true. Lorenzo Cain had two of them when he was on the Brewers. He, he, he single-handedly outsmarted the entire Cubs infield twice. Just look up Lorenzo Cain Cubs on YouTube, and you'll find probably two separate instances where he either supposedly grounds out or is already on base and someone else grounds out, and both he and the other guy are able to still stay on base just safely no outs recorded whatsoever and it's just like what <laughs> and then of course a couple of years ago there was the the stupid pickle to end all stupid pickles where Javi Baez grounded out and then the first baseman started chasing him <laughs> he started chasing him back to home plate because he didn't remember to just step on the bag <laughs> it's like like, like, legitimately the dumbest play that has ever been recorded in the entire history of the sport. And so much so that I am pretty sure it ruined that guy's life. Which sounds like a joke and it sounds harsh. But seriously, look up the guy Will Craig. That guy, after that game, was... Demo I don't think it was immediately, but very soon after, that guy got demoted. And uh, he ended up going off to play in Korea. Just like for the rest of the season, like he got completely cut from the team, it seems, and went to play in Korea, and then he hasn't played since. That was in 2021. He has not played baseball since 2021. <laughs> this play ruined his life, dude. Uh, just, just step on the bag, bro. It's not hard. Anyway, uh, Cole Reagan's. We were we were supposed to be talking about that instead. Yeah, it was it was a really bad inning for 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 um. For our, for my boy Reagan, uh, and it was dis and it was really disappointing. For, at this point, I was getting like, ah oh, man, like that that start in Boston was so freaking good, and then the one he had before that was also really good. Like we were thinking, man, Cole Reagan's is just a freaking monster that the Royals have right here. And then there was the start against who was it again? Was it the Cardinals when he started? And he was like. Eh. It was just kind of like whatever. He was like non-offensively mediocre in that game. So we're like, okay, there's more of a range here. There's more of a floor right here. He's not going to have it all, all the time. But, you know, it, even if he doesn't have it, he can go five and give up three. It's like whatever, kind of manageable. It's kind of like what I would say about Brady Singer last year where I'm like, okay, sure. Brady Singer is not going to have everything. He's not going to have it working for him the entire time, you know, but. Even when he's not at 100%, he can still go six innings and give up four runs, and that's fine. That's manageable if you're a starting pitcher. 
You know, because you know, because you know how good he is when he's good, when he is at one hundred percent. So Reagan's, it's like okay, we're we're seeing more of a range here, and then that range seemed to lower when the you know there was that really bad inning with the, the four five straight hits. I think it was five hits total in that inning. So it's like, oh man, Reagan's really disappointing. Like he's not he, he's not looking super convincing right now. Then he comes out, pitches a great fifth, and it's like okay, sort of salvages it a little bit there. Then he comes out and pitches the sixth. And it's like, wait a minute. He's already at 94 pitches. They're actually having him pitch the sixth. What does he do? Strikes out the side. Okay, he gives up a hit. He gives up a hit to the leadoff hitter. But then somehow, kind of miraculously, Q just leaves him in. Q's like, you know what? Nah, no, 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 no. I'm going to let him cook. And then he, and then Cole Reagan's freaking cooked. Coke Reagan's freaking cooked. Forget Coke Reagans. Yeah, he's Cook Reagans now. Um, and he averaged 92 on his last two pitches. He threw 106 pitches overall. Something in, in me gets a little bit scared when I hear a man throwing 106 pitches after having two Tommy John surgeries. But whatever. At least for right now, it worked. So overall, his line is six innings, eight hits, three earned runs, two walks, nine strikeouts. Sure, it's maybe an excessive amount of hits. It's a kind of a high whip right there. But the nine strikeouts is freaking awesome. Like that, those three strikeouts that he got in the sixth inning just totally boosted, totally elevated his game. He went from having an eh start to an oh, okay, sure, go off, bro, kind of start. And so once again, we're kind of seeing that range with Cole Reagans where he, he's going to have some starts where he is absolutely freaking insane. Like that start in Boston, just electric absolutely nuts and then sure there's going to be that cardinal start where you know he wasn't so good but then this one against the cubs he had one bad inning and then he bounced back he gives up a hit after throwing 90 plus pitches doesn't care he goes after hitters with his with his fastest pitches of the night while while already being charged with 100 plus like he just doesn't care. That's that competitive gene that you'd see or hear from some from some guys. Like that's really the competitive gene that you heard about from Brady Singer. Like when Brady Singer was drafted and when he was through the when he was a prospect, you always heard like, "Oh, he's so competitive. He's so competitive." This is what competitive looks like. Just looking at the line, just looking at the numbers in this in this game, you can see like the exact moment where he just looked at himself and said, "All right, I, I need to do better." And so I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to pitch better than this and then he does. So overall, I I continue to be impressed with Cole Reagans. I think that the Royals have a guy right here on their roster and that's really really exciting. It speaks a lot to their their scouting department right now, their coaches right now. I think that this is a really really big win for the Royals. I think that it's it's clear right now that if no one else Cole Reagans is making the rotation next season. I probably won't go too into detail about this until like the offseason or so, but thinking about what the Royals, like thinking about how to build the Royals next season based on what we already have. Well, okay, never mind. Thinking about how to build the Royals so that they can be a maybe hopefully decent team next season. You know, you got to look at what you've got right now and what the team needs. Obviously, this team needs a lot of pitching. There's not a whole lot on it, but I think it's safe to say Cole Reagans is, is a starting pitcher next season. You can go into opening day next season saying Cole Reagans is in this rotation. He might not be the the opening day starter. He might not be the team's number one, even if they don't sign 
any free agents whatsoever and it's also assuming they keep Brady Singer because there's lots of rumors about Brady Singer getting traded. There was actually a piece just posted by uh, MLB Trade Rumors and they usually get their sources from other places. And uh, um, yeah, they actually said that the Reds called about Brady Singer. They wanted to get Brady Singer and were offering Jonathan India, who I like as a player, but has not been playing very well. So I, I would question that. It would certainly make Michael Garcia a lot more expendable if they uh, acquire India. So that'd be interesting. It's also worth noting that I'm pretty sure Jonathan India comes from the same draft as Brady Singer, right? 2018, fifth overall in 2018. <laughs> and then they're, they wanted to trade him for the 18th overall in 2018. That's funny. Uh, anyway, when thinking about like who should be on the team next season, it's not entirely about like, what do we already have right now that works? Like, for example, Kyle Isbell. I don't want to say that I'm, you know, out on Kyle Isbell overall, but I'm also not convinced that he's a like a good regular player or even like a good bench player. He probably does have the glove to ride the bench at the very least. But we're talking about like who is in our starting outfield that we can say, all right, this probably wins a few games. Like this, like you want to think of it as a competitive team, even if, you know, deep in our hearts, we know that the Royals aren't really competitive team. We, we want to give ourselves the best chances possible. So that's when you look at guys like Kyle Isbell, you look at guys like MJ Melendez, and that's when and you and you say you ask, is it enough? Like it like if we want to believe we are a genuinely good team, do we go into next season with these players? Are we like actually sure about this? That's what I'd say about guys like Daniel Lynch, um, uh, Alec Marsh in the rotation, Angel Zerpa in the rotation. Like, are, are you a good team with these players in these roles? I mean, and, and it's not to knock on them. It's not to say, hey, these guys will never make it. I'd, look, I'd like them to make it. But, I, you know, you just have to speak objectively at some point. Are they actually good enough to be like a competent player in their position i think you can say that with lots of other guys on this team i think that basically the entire infield you can say that for i think that obviously bobby Wood jr is a major league shortstop you can hang your hat on that if nothing else i think michael massey is good you know obviously the season numbers aren't going to look good because his his april was literally that bad but overall i'm buying into what he's done for the last three months Michael Massey is a regular MLB second baseman. I think we can count on that. First base, Vinny, maybe Salvi, works. Fine. Third base, Michael Garcia, maybe suboptimal, but he's fine. He's got, he's got the defensive range, so it's fine, and his bat is not terrible enough. Obviously, it's not perfect. Again, it's not optimal. This team can't afford to – we're not in a position where we can think optimally, though. So, you know, sometimes you have to make compromises. Like, okay, this guy who – Plays great defense, but has an 85 weighted runs created plus. And eh, we just have to live with this for now because at least he's shown there's something there. You know, if it's, again, Kyle Isbell, who's got good defense, but has a 70 weighted runs created plus. Okay, well, that's a lot less good. And we, you know, hopefully want to move on from saying, well, we don't have anybody else. So we might as well just keep trying this for now. Cole Reagans is one of those guys where we, I think we can genuinely say this is a good MLB starting pitcher. A good, at the very least, a good enough MLB starting pitcher. Is he, you know, is he going to have a, a CYA dash number next to his next to his name at some point? I don't know, maybe not. But if he can maintain a, like a like a ninety five ERA plus or so, like be a little below league average as a starter, that's still fine. I mean, obviously, you want more than that. 
and you also need four other guys who can hopefully do better than that. But when you're trotting out Jordan Lyles every fifth day in his 71 ERA plus or whatever it's at at this point, yeah, you'll you'll take that. And again, that's kind of the floor that I think he's establishing for himself, for, for that Cole Reagans is establishing himself. I think he has the floor of a of a slightly below average major league starter. The ceiling is that Cy Young down ballot getter or even just runner up or I don't know contender who knows again that it, that that start against Boston would make you really like to think that there is something seriously awesome going on with this guy and now once again with the Cubs not that it's on the same level but he strikes out nine through six it's a fantastic ratio right there only walks a couple that's manageable and he's throwing 98 after throw after approaching 110 like that that's a that's a bona fide starter right there, if nothing else. So the Royals can hold on to that. I think that's awesome. Uh, just great to see overall. The way we were getting excited about Brady Singer last season, like, all right, this team sucks, but every fifth day is worth watching because Brady Singer gets the pitch. Now I'm getting that feeling with Cole Reagans. Like, all right, well, this team actually, I'm not even feeling the same way. It's like the team actually is worth watching right now because you know, again, they're not winning, but they're making it interesting. But still, every fifth day, Cole Riggs is pitching, and that is must-watch must television for me right now. And speaking of Brady Singer, though, uh, he pitched on Saturday. Royals lost this game, and Brady Singer, like, single-handedly lost this game for the Royals. If he was even kind of mediocre Brady Singer, we might have actually won this game because he's the only one who gave up any runs. We got scoreless innings from Taylor Hearn, Tucker Davidson, um, John McMillan, who I didn't mentioned too much uh, last time he got called up he was the double a reliever the guy who has just been slamming the doors on minor league hitters if that makes sense that was a terrible and that was a terrible little quip that i had but anyway this guy this guy's so good that he already has a nickname everyone's calling him the whammer which is awesome i love that we need guys with nicknames more often um so I didn't really mention him too much when he pitched because he only pitched one inning. He gave up a home run, which is hilarious. He's only given up one home run in the minor leagues this season. He had a scoreless inning on Saturday. Only inning he pitched, but great. Good for him. And Jackson Kowar pitched a scoreless inning. There have been uh, some mentions of Jackson Kowar doing something differently with his delivery. I, th- I believe uh, I think it would be Royals Farm. Yeah, of course it was Royals Farm who posted uh, like a like a different release point. For Jackson Kowar, well, that is yielding some better results. Hopefully, it'll work. If there's something we can get from you know Jackson Kowar, I've already heard some people talking about him being the uh, the next uh, freaking what was it? Luke Hoshaver, which is funny because he kind of looks like Luke Hoshaver a little bit. Um, yeah, if he could, if that could happen, that'd be fine. If 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 Jackson Kowar could be a decent reliever, that would be fine. I was I was actually already saying that the Royals should just like cut him in the offseason. But if he pitches down the stretch pretty decently, then okay, I'll change my mind. And I don't know, maybe he doesn't have to do that. Maybe the coaches see something that's, you know, progressing and they're going to be like, hey, you know what? This season still wasn't good, but it's we're working on it and it's only and it's going to get better. I don't know. These people know more, a lot more than me. So maybe there is still something with Kowar. We will have to see. But at least he uh, had a, had a uh, he's do, he's doing something differently right now. So that's cool. 
But back to Brady Singer, three and two-thirds innings, nine hits, four earned runs, six overall, two walks, three strikeouts. Basically, it was early Singer, early season Brady Singer. Just nothing else to really say about that. Really poor game from him. And it's unfortunate because, again, Royals put up four runs. They went up against a really good pitcher in Justin Steele, who's like a like an actual Cy Young front runner this season. Six innings, two earned runs, seven strikeouts from him, and then they put up two late in the bullpen. So, you know, they're they're keeping that streak alive, not losing by more than a couple games. Yeah, you know, you you hope that you could get a little bit better from the guy you thought was going to be your best pitcher, but seems like Brady Singer still isn't one hundred percent consistent despite uh, the improvements he's made since, you know, the beginning of the season. So it is what it is, I suppose. And then on Sunday, Royals lost 3-4. to four. We got the, the Chad Innings eater, Jordan Lyles. He did it again. He pitched a complete game loss. <laughs> Let's go, Jordan Lyles. Eight innings pitched, four runs. At first, it was two earned runs, but then I guess they changed it back to four earned runs. I don't know why, frankly. One of those, two of those runs is like literally Kyle Isbell's fault. It was an RBI single knocked in and then it like bounced off his glove and went, went off into the ether. So that not only scored a run that shouldn't have scored, but also put a runner on third who should have been on first. And then I think that guy came around to scoring. So there's two runs that you can't even really blame Jordan Lyles for, but I don't know. It is what it is, but he did his job, so that's cool, especially because we had to use so many relievers on Saturday, and it already looks like we're going to be using a lot of relievers in the next couple of games. Looks like we've got a bullpen game, although who knows, maybe it'll be just like an Alec Marsh game. Uh, We'll see. We'll talk about it. That's all I really had to say about this Cubs series. Like I said, nothing like different happened based on how the Royals have been playing for the last few weeks, but that's fine, I guess. Just some... Just some, some decent baseball, frankly. Just nothing really uh, new to say. Good that they made it close. They lost uh, because, you know, Brady Singer didn't have it, and it was, a, it was a Jordan Lyles game. So at least Jordan Lyles didn't, you know, get embarrassed. So that's cool. He gave up two home runs, but they were solo shots, so at least it's no, not the end of the world. It is what it is. Let's move on to the future for who we are going to be playing this week. But before we get into that, before we preview this series against the Oakland Athletics, there's something that I've got to add to the show. And we're back. Thank you very much for your patience. So the Royals are going to play a three-game series in the barren wasteland of the Oakland County Coliseum. They're going to play the Oakland Athletics. Far and away, the worst team in baseball. Still challenging the worst record in modern baseball history. They are currently 34-90. and 90, And what's especially sad about that is that their Pythagorean record, a.k.a. their suggested record based on their runs allowed and runs scored, is also 34-90. and 90. So, it's not even like the Royals where you can say, okay, some things have just not gone their way. Because the Royals' Pythagorean record, the Royals are 40-86. and 86. Their Pythagorean record is 47 and 79. So for all intents and purposes, based on how the run the Royals have scored and how they've how they've allowed runs to score, 
They've been unlucky. They've been underperforming by seven games. They have a better Pythagorean record than the Colorado Rockies. Theirs is 47 and 77. So, never say never. Maybe we can still catch them. I don't know. But no, with the A's, you look at this team and it is nothing. It is really, really sad. They have an 89 weighted runs created plus as a team that is 25th in baseball. So, I guess they don't have the worst rec- the, the worst offense in baseball. That's kind of cool. Although I'm not entirely sure where that comes from because their batting average is the worst in baseball and their slugging percentage is the worst in baseball. Their on-base percentage is the 27th worst in baseball, or I guess technically the fourth worst in baseball. And they have scored the fewest runs by a significant margin. They have scored 442 runs as a team. The second place or second worst, second lowest scoring team is the Tigers, who have scored 490 runs this season. The one like legit strength that the that the A's have going for them is that they do steal a lot of bases. They have 114 stolen bases, which is the fifth most in baseball. The Royals are fourth with 123. Just thought that was interesting. And maybe it's because they have the American League leader in stolen bases, Asturi Ruiz, who you may remember as being one of the guys that we traded to the Padres in 2017 when we thought we were going to get a bunch of good pitchers from the Padres. Yeah. Awkward. Although, admittedly, I don't actually think it's that big of a deal, really. Like, he steals a lot of bases, doesn't do a whole lot else. He has an 82-weighted runs created plus, and he's not exactly killing it with a glove either. So, not really some, not really a guy that would have moved the needle all that much if he was around. Would he be nice to have? I guess. Wait a minute, we do. His name is Dyron Blanco, so never mind. Uh, also, Brent Rooker, another former Royal that everyone was, like, screaming about how good he is because he had, like, the best April ever. Well, he has a 93 weighted runs created plus since since the beginning of May. So, that's not, that wasn't real. I never took it seriously. I hope you didn't either. I kept saying on this podcast, don't worry about Brent Rooker. It's not, that's not who he is. He's, he's got a 93 weighted runs created plus with a below average glove in the corner outfield spot. Move on. Don't worry about it. Uh, the one guy that I am really interested in, though, the one guy that I think is like an actual W for the for the A's is Ryan Noda, who I think was a waiver claim that they got from the Dodgers. He's like a 27-year-old first baseman. He is the third highest walk percentage in baseball for anyone with 300-plus plate appearances. I, I had to note that because he seems to have missed time. Uh, and second place is Aaron Judge, so there you go. But yeah, he walks 17% of the time. And, he, and, and the team just got him for free. He also strikes out like 38% of the time, and he's a first baseman. But still, like, that, that's something. I think that's kind of cool. But uh, those are their, like, better players, frankly. And I'm just talking about the hitting. The hitting seems like it has maybe something. The pitching doesn't. Their pitching is, oh man, is it something. 5.81. That is their team ERA, which of course is the worst in baseball. You think the Royals are bad? They have a team ERA of 5.15. It's almost a full point better. So think about how bad Royals pitching is and then know that there's a team out there that is actually significantly worse somehow. There is literally one pitcher 
on this roster that has more than one F war in the entire season so far. That is, it is, and his name is Paul Blackburn. You probably have no idea who that is. Neither do I. But hey, we're actually going to see him on Monday. That's right. He is the one and only probable pitcher that the A's have for this series. He's going to pitch on Monday. He's a 29-year-old right-handed pitcher. He is... <laughs> I... I wasn't following baseball at this time, so I would really like to know how the hell this happened. He's a first-round pick taken 56th overall. Why were there 56 picks in the first round in 2012? What the hell happened to the draft that year? I it, Was that normal back in the day? I, I don't know. Anyway, uh, yeah, so he was drafted all the way back in 2012 by the Cubs. And here's, here's, here's a funny throwback. Um, he was traded to the Mariners in 2016 for a minor leaguer named Jordan Price, who doesn't seem like he'd turn into anything, and Mike Montgomery. Mike Montgomery pitched for the Royals for a little bit. Remember him? He also pitched for the Cubs, recorded the last out of the 2016 World Series. So that's a funny little thing that happened. Funny little piece of history that Paul Blackburn is, I guess, a part of, technically, involuntarily. And then, of course, the Mariners eventually traded him to the to the A's for Danny Valencia. So that's kind of interesting. He's technically pitched every season since 2017, but only last year, for whatever reason, he's just now stuck to the rotation. This season, he's got a 4.09 ERA in 14 games, 13 starts. Don't know where that 14th game comes from. 72.2 innings pitched, 3.5 FIP, so that's really good, but a 1.5 whip? That is kind of contradictory, frankly. Uh, he gives up a lot of hits, that's the thing. Gives up a lot of hits, but he has a super, super low strike, uh, not strikeout rate, home run rate. His strikeout rate's actually pretty decent, more than 9 per 9. Uh, but his home run rate is the ninth lowest for anybody with 70 innings pitched or more. Again, kind of a weird cutoff because uh, I guess this guy hasn't been super healthy the entire season or maybe started the season in the minors. Don't entirely know. Shows how much research I do in this section. <laughs> and he equally balances out his sinker, slider, and cutter. And of course, he offers a curveball and a four seam as well. The fastballs and the cutter all get hit a lot, but the cutter doesn't get hit hard. So that's kind of the thing. He gets hit a lot, but not very hard. Royals, on the other side, are going to bring out Tucker Davidson for their game, for, for the starter. Evidently, this is not going to be the actual bulk man of the game. He's just an opener. I assume that they are going to have Alec Marsh pitch this game, because Marsh last pitched on the 16th. And he went five innings, gave up one run against the Mariners, but also five walks in 97 pitches. So that's always the thing with Marsh. He's got to keep it in the strike zone. He can, he's can. he got swing and miss. He struck out six as well. So that's always a cool thing. But this stretch of the season is really making me um, wonder if we go into next season with Marsh in the rotation or the bullpen. Kind of like what I was saying last time where, you know, we work with what we have, but you still want to think as optimally as possible. And I'm not convinced that Alec Marsh is a starter he can probably be a, a freaking awesome reliever though I definitely think that there is a spot on a good major league team for Alec Marsh but he definitely has to be has to be pitching better 
definitely has to be lif- limiting the walks if he's going to stick the rotation. On Tuesday, there's no probable pitcher for Oakland, and the Royals are going to send out Angel Zerpa. They're going to bring out the Zerp. His last time out, he went four innings um, in relief. Gave up one earned run and walked two, struck out six, which is interesting because Zerp, the Zerp is not a like a super high strikeout kind of guy, I don't think. Or is he? Wait a minute. Minor league, four seasons, 11.4 strikeouts per nine. Wait, really? I have no idea who this man is. Who's Angel Zerpa? Email me if you know who Angel Zerpa is, because clearly I don't know. Anyway, he threw 84 in 80, 84 pitches, so maybe the Royals are hoping that this will be a legit actual start, and he'll go five-plus innings, which, you know, against this lineup, I think that should be expected. That should be the expectation. It's like, all right, if you're going to get hit around by these guys, get ready to learn Chinese, buddy. Okay, they don't have to cut on Elzerpa if he's bad or anything right now, but still, wouldn't be a very good look. Um, And if not, if he doesn't, if if the Royals are still limiting his workload, then perhaps you'll see Austin Cox following for a few innings. Maybe he'll throw two or three in relief. That's always on the table. And then on Wednesday... Once again, no probable pitcher for the Athletics. The Royals are going to send out Coke. Oh, sorry, Cole Reagans. Looking forward to this start, especially if Cole Reagans is going up against good lineups and kind of cutting them down like he has against the Cubs and the and the Red Sox. I want to see what he's going to do against a very strikeout heavy, poorly performing offense like the Oakland Athletics. This can be really fun. So we'll see. Oh, I should actually have noted the the uh, Oakland Athletics the, on the offensive side of the ball are the only team to have a perfect game thrown at them in, like, 12 years. So, yeah, that's how their season's going. <laughs> I'm definitely hoping... I, I, bleh, bleh. I am definitely hoping that if the Royals are going to be able to keep themselves close in games against actually good teams... They can have a little bit of fun against the Oakland Athletics. Hopefully this won't be like the last time when they played the A's where, you know, they were losing a lot and just looking terrible against every team. And then we went into Oakland or actually Oakland came to us and we were thinking, okay, well, we can beat Oakland, right? Surely we can beat Oakland. This is going to be the moment where things get better in this season. And then Oakland beat the crap out of us. And it's like, oh, no. Oh, no. We we actually are that bad. Oh, God. Well, things are a little different now buddy so hopefully this will be a fun week but whatever happens we'll talk about it when we get there until then i'm gonna go gonna let you enjoy your week hopefully or i don't know get what let you do whatever else you got to do got to go into work that's cool actually no it's not work is lame and cringe but we all got to do it so hang in there and hopefully i'll see you on friday Subscribe to the channel, subscribe to the podcast on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on, leave a like, leave a rating, or whatever it is that things that these things have that help me as a creator, because I don't even know either. What am I doing? Help. Also, follow me on Twitter, at the MFNKC, or if you don't care about the silly stuff that I'm doing in my own life, follow the podcast at Royal Deluxe Pod for other baseball commentary and analysis outside of this format. 
And of course, further inquiries can be sent to royaldeluxepodcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you for whatever questions, whatever inquiries you have. But if you don't do any of that, if you don't care at all, I love you all the same. Thank you very much for making the Royal Deluxe Podcast a part of your day. Hope you're having a good one. Hope you have a good week. I'll see you on Friday. And until then, I've been Lux and go Royals. Go Royals.